Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. And somehow you're not coughing. How are you not coughing? You were coughing. You were like on your deathbed last week. Look, okay. I don't know how I'm not coughing. We're recording now. This is the Hit Factor Podcast. Jeff's trying to be sneaky. I am Jeremy. Yes. Uh, no sans mustachio. Uh, look, got to keep people on their toes. You can't just, can't just let people get used to just a single look. Uh, they call me the baby face assassin now. That's just how it is. Uh, we have my good friend, good friend and just person I just genuinely really like, Tater Tot. And then we have Jeff. <laughs> Glad to be here. So, so uh, there, there have been a couple matches here recently. Uh, there was a match in Albuquerque uh, that went on. That there were a few people shooting it, and then there was a match in Space City, which Space City, for those who aren't from Texas or near the southern Texas border, that is Houston because uh, of NASA and all that. That's why it's called Space City. Anyway, they had a match down there, and it actually looks like, you know, they had had a match at that club several years ago. It was kind of a continual match, and I went to it a few times, and the stages just weren't great in the past, but the from the videos that I saw, it looked like they put together some really good stages. In the past, it was kind of mm-hmm. go here, shoot eight rounds, go here, shoot eight rounds, all really close, targets really close within 10 yards type deal. So for me, it wasn't worth the 12-hour our drive but looking at stages this year it looks like they put on some actually some some pretty good pretty good stages um but there is they have a unique distinction of they had one stage at the match that was uh the stage design was fine but the start position kind of put people in a a bit of a weird place and i believe there was uh eight percent of the match dq'd on that one single stage is that is that right potato am i getting that correct in, in that range, um, I think it was 9.6% of the people who shot the match DQ'd overwhelmingly uh, on that stage. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a lot on one stage. It's, that's that's, that's a lot significant. of people to, to, uh, to get DQ'd. And that, like, the stage yeah. wasn't crazy. It wasn't really tricky. But the start position put people in a, in a place where the 180 was really easy to break. And... I think I've I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but from a stage design standpoint, from a match director standpoint, yeah, you can say, hey, people just need to have muzzle awareness, and they it's a skill issue. Uh, and okay, sure, that that's the case. But if close to ten percent of your match is DQing on that, then maybe it moved from a skill issue to I'm putting everybody else on the range at risk issue. Uh, if we're testing the 180 this much, then that that's actually if that's something that's unsafe. As a stage designer, I want to try to create stages where I'm not putting anybody at risk. I'm not putting anybody where they have to get close to that, or that's going to be easy. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think maybe there could have been a few different decisions. Literally just the start position could have changed. The rest of the stage could have been the same. And and it's and it's perfectly fine. Like you don't lose that many people on that on that stage simply by moving the start position or reorienting the stage a little bit. So a question. Do you think that that many people actually broke the 180? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. That's, that's really hard to say. Uh, pr- probably there were oh, yeah. probably some calls that y- were maybe incorrect. My guess is that they had a couple DQs and then all of a sudden you have a position where it's really easy to watch for it and everybody's going to get close to it. And so then yeah. at that point, then it just becomes a the once the RO has said stop a couple times, it's like, well, I've got to keep saying stop because I got to be fair to everybody else. Right. right. It's like, like well, so that like, guy was just as close as the guy before. So I guess that's a DQ, too. Yep. And it gets easier to say stop once you've said stop. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like if if you never had to, if you never had like you have a stage where everybody, it's, everything's all going down range, you never have to say stop. Yeah. And then all of a sudden somebody does something that's just like really crazy, really fast. And then like on a reload or something that it's like, whoa, it happens so fast at you. And it's really close that like you just don't say stop because it, it's too fast and they've already moved on. And you're like, okay, I don't really know. But once you've said stop and you've kind of got used to, hey, this is a place where somebody's going to break the 180. You're looking for it to go yeah. right there. And yeah, it's easier to easier to keep saying stop. It's like once you break the seal, it's over. I mean, I honestly, that that's what I that's my sense of it. It is uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, also, um, I need to issue a public apology. All right, um, who's it to? Uh, this is to everybody. This is anybody and everybody who listened to our last podcast. Um, <laughs> oh no. I actually do think Jeff needs to issue an apology as well because uh, he was there for this. But uh, I was I was drinking iced tea last week, and I can't hardly <laughs> drink iced tea, and and I just chew on ice whenever I do that. And I had no idea uh, that it was coming through on the audio as badly as it was, and and it was bad. Like so, a hundred percent. Like I'm sorry. I did not realize that that was taking place. Uh, I won't do that again. There is a nuance there that that you may not be aware of. On the original audio, as recorded when you were speaking, Uh it was pretty mild. On the compressed audio, come on, potato, come on, levels so that the casting couch microphone would work, it became very audible. So I'm not saying it's anyone's fault, but if it was, Come on, potato. just to keep it anonymous, we could say their initials were Jay Cawthon. That's too obvious. Jeff C. Um, did, did you see how humble Jeremy was being? I mean, you could have just... Well, just, I let him get the apology just out give first. it to him. I, I let him get the apology out first. I'm, you win enough, Jeff. You can't have this one. <laughs> well... Yeah, I don't I mean, take back what I said. I still, I still apologize. That yeah, was bad. I mean, p- potatoes, um, right? It was, it wasn't necessarily because of the casting couch. However, the um, I had my audio turned down because I was trying to reduce like the breathing and stuff that I can normally hear from myself. 
However, I dipped it the other way. And so then I had to compress the audio and it brought out all of Jeremy's chewing and clicking and, and all that stuff. But yeah, we're, we're not but on the couch this time. You can, you can yeah, thank Jeff. If you've just now diagnosed yourself with hyperacusis, you know why. <laughs> yeah. So we're not on the couch. The, the the couch situation it needs some tweaking it, it needs to look you know a bit more sophisticated and comfortable and apparently there was some fear that some things were going to fall out of my pants while i was sitting there so we want to avoid avoid those situations as well that uh, very misfortunate <laughs> so uh, i need to work on that setup but i'm not giving up on it because the couch is too cool but we we will return to the couch eventually mark my words so okay yeah so i i do apologize i will not try not to do that in the future um jeff try to just suck less in the future uh that'll be that'll be good i try and and while we're on the subject the position for podcast producer is still open it's still open it's just no one is in in literal years, no one's applied. <laughs> you get free Patreon access. There you go. Do you have to know yeah. how to produce things? Uh, you can learn on oh, the job. That's actually a really good question. Um, honestly, like a willing body would be pretty solid. I mean, that's a pretty good resume in my book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Other than the, uh, the the carnage on stage 12, though, uh, looking at people's videos, the Space City match looked pretty good. looked like a good balance. It looked like uh, yeah. also some people shooting really well. So Yeah, it looked like a match that I, I actually would, would consider attending in the future. Uh, I mean, except that it's in Houston, which is – I've been to Houston too much. It's not a fun drive. All right. Uh – what else? Um, oh, here's something I thought I thought was hilarious. USPSA just rolled out today. Uh, I'm just going to troll USPSA a little bit. They're uh, some sort of like club recognition, right? Like you're going to like clubs are going to earn stars and stuff like they get to get their name on a banner board or something about whoever, whatever's the best club. And literally everything that they list as far as how clubs are going to uh, to get this recognition is how clubs make USPSA money, right? Like it's who has the most participation, who turns in the most classifier scores, uh, who has the most matches in a year type deal. So it's all about like, we're just going to reward you. We're just going to recognize you as a great club simply because you uh, make us a lot of money. Um, I just found it. I just found it somewhat comical. I mean, I guess that's a, that's somewhat a good thing, but uh, maybe find a better way. Like if you're on this, if you're on this list at the end of the year, we're going to send you, we're going to do a partnership with MGM steel and we're going to send you uh, a steel package, right. Of to actually help your club out. Um, no, it's just, you get a little golden star on our website. I thought it was funny. Classic. Nobody else thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, I missed this. Was this just put on their social media? This didn't come. Uh... Yeah, 
I think it was on. I think I, I thought I got an email about it. Really? Let me let me. I can't. I, I can't I, believe I could have received an email and not read it. That doesn't impossible. seem like me. It might have just been. It might have just been on their Facebook page. Um, I imagine it cost us about ten thousand dollars for them to create this uh, reward system. For the well, club. actually, they got a, they got a buddy to do it for five. Well, yeah, that's it. Would have cost ten thousand. So really, just look at it. As it saved us five thousand. Yeah, oh, they basically, it's they the basically, same as making five thousand. Yeah, they made five thousand. Yep, pretty much. Uh, so anyway, thought that was entertaining. Uh, other entertaining news from we're just going to go all social media entertaining news. Uh, oh yeah, is, let's go. Uh, there, there's there's been a Jeff hasn't got to pick on JJ a whole lot lately, and that's that's been great. JJ's been awesome. Mm. We have there's a new there's we have new people just taking up JJ's reins. Uh, basically the 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 post that everybody's seen it. Um, I won the match. But the scores don't actually reflect the match because, like I did, I had this problem on this couple stages. But without well, those problems, it's always, I won the match. Yeah, it's a very it's a very specific thing normally. Yes. It's, I should have won the match or I didn't win the match because of this, this thing. This very one thing. This very one moment. This, yeah. this makeup well, the shot. ammo that I loaded in the gun that I maintained didn't work on that stage and so it was totally out of my hands but otherwise i won that's one that's one good example <laughs> that's uh, a common yeah um like i fell down and, and and like falling down is who can possibly predict or control for it nope Mm-mm. uh especially so yeah, the, because the conditions where you fall down nobody else had to compete in those conditions nope it right. was just yeah a poor surface for you Everybody else yeah. got like the nice packed grass. Yeah, they rolled yeah. out the deep gravel exactly. for you. Yeah, yeah. So those are always entertaining posts to uh, to read because they seem to just come from all angles from from everywhere. And but that's, uh, why is it why is fun. it interesting, Jeremy? Tell me why it's interesting. Uh, well, it's interesting from the fact of. Like these people are just kidding themselves and they're actually – they're hurting themselves. Like they're trying they're trying to boost their own egos. They're trying to boost their own public image. They're trying to make themselves look like I should have been the champion of this match or whatever. When in, that, in the actuality, they're hurting their future potential of match performance by not holding themselves accountable. Okay. Like does it, it at also some offend, point – Does it offend as, your sense of fairness because of all of the times you haven't done that? Oh no, no! Because I oh, still like not even a little. No, because I still have those inner no. dialogues. I still have those dialogues. Like, but you don't like, say it out loud, right? I'm not going so, to so social media. I, yeah, right. So doesn't that kind of offend your sense of fairness? It's like, hey, I wouldn't ever say this. How dare you? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I could have claimed to have won a lot of lot more matches if I'd done that. Dad, damn it! Can can we yeah. do this retrospectively, like years later? If, hey, Honestly, I would have been a pretty far... big rock star, and my band yeah. would have been signed, except for yeah. I never learned how to play guitar or sing. Yeah, i I was basically was professional. Close. I was basically the only thing that kept me out of the New York Philharmonic was just uh, racism. That's it. Oh wow! I, I wow. was thinking it was talent. No, 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 that's not. That's not a thing. Talent's not real. <laughs> 
Yeah, all the same when they come out the shoot. Uh, Dude, that's see. incredible! Oh my gosh, potato! He just what he else? just named he just named the title of that episode of of the of the well, that was the ass cast, right? No. Yeah, he just he just literally said the title of that episode. It was like freaking episode five or something. Wow, Shit. that's insane. Uh other news. I don't. I haven't approved this with Jeff. If if I can even say this or not. But other news. Jeff and I have seen the first edition of our Area Three video. And potato has still, seen it as well. Potato has seen it as well. Uh, yeah. There is a, there's a little there's a few things that we want to make some changes on. Um, yeah. But. I, I'm still very much – I'm looking forward to whenever everybody gets to see this. So we're going to start trying to hype it again because it is coming sooner than later. We still very don't know soon. when it's coming, but but it is it is coming yeah. quite soon. Jeff and I actually need to sit down and, and talk about a couple of things. But, um, Jeff, how did you feel the footage of you running in that, in that video? How did you, <laughs> how did you feel about that? You know, I was actually having this conversation with a couple of guys at work today. <laughs> um, I feel much more athletic than I look. I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty brutal, but it's still good, man. It's still good. It's so good. Yeah. Jeremy's the it, best, actually. <laughs> it. It dashed all hopes, like any sort of like inner confidence that I was an athlete that I had, yeah. like like that still had potential of being an athlete. It's gone, like it's it's just dashed. Like it, it totally makes me like re question. Um, like whenever I go skiing, like I'm skiing, like I mostly ski just blacks and stuff, and I'm I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm you know you watch people as you go up to lifts, you watch people go down, and like people that like look good, they're like. Yeah, they're really good. And so then when you're skiing, like I feel like I'm skiing, like they look like they're skiing. And yeah. now it's now it's 100% has made me question that uh, and how, how bad it must look whenever I'm skiing or just anything that I do mm. from an athletic endeavor standpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it didn't didn't help that image of self self image very, very much. Um, I do think though it does give me a bit of hope in that you know Jeff got me by like a half second on the the hundred meter, and my form is so bad mm-hmm. that I actually think I could be faster than Jeff pretty easily. I just need to I just need to learn how to run properly. So unofficially, you would say you you basically won. <laughs> yes. The yes. Like with better form, I'm faster and a better athlete than Jeff. Like so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Uh, so, well, I would like to know. I would like to start off by saying there's no chance that you will ever beat me in a hundred meter. There's no chance. No chance that I will ever beat you in a hundred meter. Yes, there's no chance. Um, okay. Second, though, doesn't it make you like? I don't know. It it makes you just kind of understand like that there's levels to to athleticism and and sports in general, right? It's like. Running seems so, 
elementary, but like the people that actually do that, like that shit's dialed in, right? Yeah. The running, right? Because you see yourself run and then go watch somebody that actually sprints, like actually runs. And you're like, wow, that's actually incredible the way they make that look. So, I mean, and, like, and you can... I, I understand that there are levels to it. I just didn't realize how far, lo- how low my level was. Exactly. Yeah. But but you can be so much better than the average Joe on the street at anything. Like, so much yeah. better than that. And then still look like a completely uncoordinated clutch, like sort of falling, yeah. flailing through the air, right? The, like the, the, right? the levels start so low. And I think running's a great one because, you know, I, I run and I run by other runners all the time. And I mentally sort of critique, like, you know, that guy is like really sort of struggling up the hill, right? Like, good for him. He's trying to get healthy, right? And I'm like, wow, like, you know, look at him go. That guy's like a real runner. And in my head, I'm thinking I probably look like the real runner. But your experience with this video suggests to me I do not look like the real runner. I look like the guy <laughs> puffing up the hill who's really, really struggling. <laughs> Conversely, so, uh, shooting, shooting, man, you guys look good. And shooting like your self-image, although the side-by-side, I love it, man. When people get to watch that, they're really going to get to see another side of uh, your guys' years-long rivalry. That's a great Shot, shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Set up. Yeah. So, so in the so in the video, what what uh, Potato's talking about on a, on a few of the stages, they edited it so that they just put both of us shooting the same stage at the same time, and it was really fascinating to watch where mm-hmm. Jeff would kind of get ahead of me in a stage, and then like I would catch up to him at another part of the stage. It, it yep. wasn't it wasn't just like uh, it, it was th- that was just really fascinating, and and vice versa, right? Like. I would I would leave a position and end up being a little bit faster than him, and then he would end up. It was that was just kind of really fascinating to watch how that kind of uh, how that played out. There'd probably be a whole lot to learn um, by by getting more more video like that with side by side stuff like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of forgot how much I gleaned from watching myself shoot like a couple years ago when I was actually taking a lot of videos from like 2018 mm-hmm. all through 2020 I basically videoed every match I shot yeah uh, club match club match and and majors and then in 2020 I was just after 2020 I was just like uh I'm tired of this I don't, I don't want to film anymore it's just another thing to think about and I don't want to do it but then you see some video of your shoot yourself shooting and it's pretty easy to pick out inefficiencies like you watch yourself and you're like damn like that's pretty bad i could fix this i could fix this i could fix this so it's not what i wanted to see i didn't i didn't want to see it and be like man i should take more video i wanted to see it and be like yeah that's that's about what i thought but uh yeah video i think it cuts the other way too though because in my head i'm i shoot like jeremy found out he runs right in my head I'm just a permanently oh, okay. sort of C-class struggle bus because I don't take video and I've never really taken video. I do in training, but I don't at matches ever. Um, and then occasionally I'll get video. I'll be like, oh, okay. Like I can see the inefficiencies, but how I think I'm moving through the stage is so much worse than how I'm actually moving through the stage. And like things I worked on for a few months, I fixed, but I still remember struggling with them. So I think there's still problems. And then like you see on the video, oh, I fixed that a while ago. Turns out practice works. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would actually love to have more, like more video for matches. I just like it, like it, it, it's a it's a whole other hassle. Uh, I know it's easy with phones nowadays, but like I also feel really bad asking somebody else to video. Like they they have their own match, they got their own equipment to manage, uh, and so I just I feel pretty bad. Like nationals, I was gonna I was gonna maybe ask Jeff to do it, but ended up. I was he was the first shooter and I was the last shooter, which ended up being he followed me every stage uh, except yep. for two for the whole match. So obviously in that scenario, I'm not gonna ask not gonna ask him to do it. Um, I could have asked Fitz; he wasn't doing a whole lot else, so I should have asked him to video. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, Fitz, Fitz, he shot right after me. So it was like he, Jeremy he was, meets. Yeah. yeah, he was he was right there too. So, um. so Jeremy, in your day work, when you're in your shop and you're working on a gun, you use it's. This sounds incredibly obvious, but it's all it's not all. It's mostly detail work, right? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. paying really close attention, and you're trying constantly to. making micro adjustments, trying to fix and sort of get ahead of things. Yeah. So my opinion too is people who work in fields like that find using video frustrating because you're hmm. you're asking yourself to do what you do all day now again in this you know and so it's it's why I think some people are drawn to just repping it out in training they don't want to sit there and reflect on what they're doing yeah. because they sit there and reflect on what they're doing for hours and hours and hours. This is Potato using his degree, man. Look at this. Right. <laughs> My degree's not anything useful. <laughs> Don't you have a PhD in anthropology? I do. Well, I mean, like, that's that's somewhat what we're talking about now. I mean, I guess anthropology is human is human cultures, I guess, more than individual, but still kind of in the same vein. Um, but, I mean, I think sometimes for me, that's why I just want to wrap things out, whether it's, it's yeah. in exercise or it's in training. It's like I want a mental break. And so it's like if I run, most of the time they're junk runs because I'm not trying to accomplish anything. I'm just trying to put my body in motion and then it's yeah. sort of free time. And if I go and I run intervals where I'm really focused, it's not just that that's hard running. It's mentally taxing. And I feel like I'm depleted already. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like, the, yeah, there's certainly the, the nuance of – I mean, yeah, you put it really well of, of trying to be super detail oriented on everything, you know, as far as like Jeff's tried to, I don't know if he's followed through, but he, you know, he's tried to have like a, be pretty detailed on a, like a practice schedule. And I'm going to work on this, this day, this on this day, this on this day, this on this day. Um, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, I just, I just don't want to, I, I think I could see the benefit of that, but I don't actually want to, to, to have everything planned out to that that level um and yeah, yeah maybe that's maybe that's part of it just because it's it doesn't uh affect me. but speaking of uh of practice um i don't love talking about my practice all that much even though i probably do a whole bunch jeff and i were having an interesting conversation at nationals i think it was maybe on the way way back from from one of the days we were shooting i think uh mm-hmm. and we were talking about um speaking of degrees like how I used to practice trumpet and how, like how, like a, just how musicians practice and how they approach 
learning something or, or getting better at a, trying to learn how to play a, a piece of music or something like that. Um, and one of our philosophies in the, in the studio that I was a part of uh, is that basically you, you kind of have this, you set a baseline where you can play it perfectly. Like where you, you'll just, you'll never miss. You play it perfectly. So then you play it at that. So let's say that's at 80 beats per minute. You work with a metronome, metronome is beats per minute. Now let's say you can play this etude at 80 beats per minute perfectly every time. So then what you would do to, to increase your ability to play it at faster speeds, but not, not lose your fundamentals, not have your fundamentals break down, you'd play it at 80 beats, 80 beats per minute. Then the next time you bump it up to 85 then come back down to 80, then bump it up to 90, then come back down to 80, then go to 95. And you slowly wake, wake, work your way up to going faster, but you're always revisiting that perfect, that perfect pace uh, where you can play it perfectly mm -hmm. because that's where you're, you want to ingrain perfect fundamentals. And if you're always doing it at say a hunt, you want to 120 beats a minute's your goal. That's your, your max pace. If you're always doing it at that, then you're not going to ingrain those perfect fundamentals that you want to at, get at 80 beats a minute. Um, so just thinking about, okay, how, how can I, and I've thought of this in the past, but like, how can I incorporate that into shooting trainings? Like, well, it's hard to get that many reps with ammo. Like just like just certain, certain amount of reps. That's just really hard to do. So what, what could that possibly look like? So we, we kind of talked about, I said, well, I can maybe do that with some steel, and just, you know, create some five to seven shot arrays with steel to where it's some you're doubling, some you're shooting just as, as a piece of steel and just start with a, a pace that's where you just don't miss, like where you just, everything's perfect and then try to speed it up and then come back and then speed it up and come back, speed it up and come back. Um, so I spent a few practice sessions doing that. Um, I, I, I think it's, I actually really like it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep visiting it. It's not going to be, I don't want to do it every time. I think there's some, <coughs> there's some big dangers to, uh, to practicing that way all the time. But I've, yeah. I found it really pretty cool. Um, from, uh, again, honing that, honing those fundamentals. Mm. Cause what I found is that as I go faster, my fundamentals just totally break down. Like, it's not that I can't shoot at that. It, so if I, I really just need to get my, it's not that that speed is too fast. I'm just not executing the fundamentals at the same way I am whenever I'm shooting slower. And so it's, it kind of helps you to mentally just keep revisiting that, uh, what's perfect and then what's not perfect. Yeah. No, I really like the idea. Uh, I think uh, a guy, Nick Stockwell, um, Pacific Northwest people know Nick Stockwell. He used to tell me that his way of dry firing is he would do a perfect rep and then he would sort of, you know, work at his training pace and then he'd go back and do a perfect rep. But that same kind of principle is he wanted like his hands and his eyes and everything else to feel like absolute flawless perfection and then sort of judge his time goals relative to that. I just sometimes think some of our fundamentals at speed are different fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And so that's not, not that it's a danger, but it's, you know, if you think about like a trigger press, a perfect trigger press, 
in sort of a bullseye. I'm probably the only person in USPSA who's actually shot bullseye, um, bullseye pistol. But like a perfect trigger press, is, it's a mm-hmm. different. I'm doing a totally different thing, right? Because I don't need to. I don't care what the gun does after I press the trigger. All I care about is it doesn't move while I press the trigger. Right. So I'm going to let it do whatever it wants as soon as the shot breaks. It's just up until that moment I want to hold it still. So it's about minimizing inputs versus in USPSA. I need it to do something really, really soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, that's an extreme, but. <coughs> so you, yeah, you've been doing this live and dry or just no, this live? Is just, this is just live fire. Um, yeah, just live fire. And it, the other thing that I think it's going to hope what I hope to get a bit, my, my hypothesis of the benefit that I'm going to get out of it is just simply having more control over how aggressive or conservative my shooting is. Uh, I, I, I find there's very few people who can actually like dial up or dial back, like how aggressively they're shooting. And do that successfully, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it just simply be a, well, I'm going to shoot all A's or, well, I'm going to shoot a little bit faster. Maybe I'll have a couple of Charlies. Or I'm going to go all out. Maybe I'll have some Charlies and not. But um, I don't find all there's, there's all that many people who have that much control over their shooting to be able to do that. And so I think no. this is – I'm hoping that this is going to give me a little bit more control over that. So that, yes, when the pressure's on, like you're in a big pressure situation – Day three of nationals, you've shot the first days really well. And the first stage where your nerves are the highest, you really just need a consistent stage to get started. Uh, you have something to fall back on. Hey, I can do this and just have a really consistent, a really solid stage that I don't need to win the stage, but I can't have mm-hmm. three mics on the stage. So you said you've been doing this, right? Practicing this way? Yeah. Okay, I got a question. So, because there's certain... Sometimes in practice sessions, I'll set up shots that like, it's just about making the shot every time. Like, it's not even a Mm -hmm. matter of, can I make that shot fast? So do you avoid setting up those things so that you can throttle up and down? Yeah, you, you have to be pretty, yeah, you can't go, you can't go nuts unless you just, I think you could still have like a target in a string like that. That is still that you just don't, you can't have a whole string of those does that make sense like so the targets i kind of came to the conclusion like the targets that i'm i'm doubling i can't put an eight inch plate at 20 yards and really do much to affect my speed a whole lot on that right like there's only Mm -hmm. like like that's there's only so much that you can do with that um so yeah there was it was certainly a an issue a thing of not making it too difficult at that point. Yeah. Right. Can yeah. you then selectively rage on specific things? Like if you think of a month ago when you were talking about sort of really sort of channeling that, can you, can you throttle up and throttle down, not between strings, but sort of really within like gradients of target difficulty? Uh, I wish I could. That's, that's actually, I'm saying, really... but is that something you were also working on in that context? Yo, yeah, for sure. Uh, cause that's something that's really hard for me. Like for me, that's something that's really hard, like having like a five yard open target and then a 20 yard couple of 20 yard steel after that. If I don't actually spend the time on that five yard open target to get a really solid sight picture, I'm going to struggle yeah. to actually find my sight on the next target. 
which yeah. is I know sounds weird. You would think, okay, the five yard target, who cares? Just you'll just take the time. For me, if I don't find the side on the first one, I'm just I'm gonna rush on the second one a lot worse. Um, so yeah, that's all stuff that that I hope is something that will come out of it. Um, and yeah. the you know for me, my goal is not for that baseline to keep moving up, right? So say you run something and you run it in seven and a half seconds. These are short things, so seven and a half seconds. And that's perfect speed. My goal is never at this point. My goal is not to have that perfect speed get faster. My goal is just to, to keep that at that seven and a half seconds. I'm not trying to speed that up. I'm mm-hmm. trying to speed up the other runs that run. I'm not, um, the, the other mental challenge for me is because the perfect run is where I have expectations of not missing the faster ones. I don't have that expectation of not missing like misses are okay. Uh, the, the challenge then is not to just go totally crazy and just stop aiming altogether. Right. Like, it's just like, Oh, I just, my only goal is just to go fast. Then you just start going fast. You're not even aiming. You're not, you're just slapping the trigger and you're not doing anything right. Uh, so there's, there's that challenge that I, I kind of discovered within that too of, Mm-hmm. whenever I'm trying to go fast, I'm still trying to aim and still trying to hit everything and not just accepting misses. You should throw out a couple of pieces of falling steel then in those arrays. Mm-hmm. And, and just for that exact reason. And so then when you're giving yourself permission where it's like fast makeups are okay. Yeah. Fast makeups on falling steel, like you're aware of fast makeups on static steel it's like it's easy in the sort of haze of war to, to, to lose those yeah no that's a good idea but, uh i mean but you know i mean you don't want to waste your time resetting stuff but if you just put a couple of pieces i went and bought falling steel for that specific reason i was only shooting static steel in practice mm-hmm. and it's and misses just didn't hurt enough yeah like i'd process them visually and i'd be like yep that was a miss but i didn't do anything about it or i'd process them and make a slow makeup or whatever but they just didn't hurt that much and yeah. then I bought two cheap pieces of falling steel. So when I'm shooting static steel, it's like, it's still there. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good idea. <laughs> May have to add that into it. <laughs> the nice thing is it goes really quickly. Uh, you burn through rounds really fast setups. Again, yeah. five pieces of steel for me, those stay up. But even if you had to set them up, five pieces of steel are easy to set up. There's no taping. There's no nothing. A few cones, mm-hmm. throw some movement in there and nice. Yeah. You can burn through 200 rounds and really quickly. So, so is this yeah. uh, is this going to show up at Ipsic Nationals for you? Is that something you have in mind, like narrowing that performance band? Uh, it's still honestly like I'm not I'm not looking for Ipsic Nationals to be an arrival moment of any kind. Like it's still I'm still just looking at it on a progression standpoint, like. Uh, nationals was, was a progression for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm still just trying to look at it as a progression. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very motivated to shoot. And actually right now I have the resources to shoot a lot. I'm actually for once in my life, I'm being, I, I can't train as much as I want to, cause I need to be in the shop working. And so like today, I, today was a good day to go shoot and I just couldn't pull myself away from work. So I didn't go shoot today. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to Ipsic Nationals. It's going to be fun. I found a great excuse. I went and I picked up my daughter from school. And as long as I, school ends at three. So 
in a couple of years, you'll have an excuse. Yeah, true. The sun didn't That's set till five thirty, so I made it out there for an hour. There you go. We still have nice. longer days than that, but yeah. But it is getting short. They are getting shorter, which is no fun. Yeah. So Ipsic Nationals, we're all going, right? Pedro, you're going. Yeah. yeah. Just for the fun. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to qualify for any teams. My goodness, I wouldn't want to a PDO. If you look at the people shooting that, it's, it's a rogues gallery. Uh, all the <laughs> usual suspects will be there. And Hetherington coming back from oh. uh, uh, parental leave. To, yeah. to oh, wow. So he's, he's coming back. That's for... the team he wants. Interesting. Very and if you look at the there. second place, you know, CO finish makes sense. <laughs> well, it didn't shoot production, so yep. yeah, mm-hmm. no, that makes very much sense. And I saw Nils was shooting. He's uh, shooting carry optics or production optics, yeah. At that match too, so yeah, wow. and JJ and Max and you know Brantley and then the whole cadre of people. We, we that's going to be a after them. that's going to be a stacked team. I mean, for an Ipsic for an Ipsic, uh team, like any if these are the people qualifying, like good luck world. Yeah. You know, and, and Nils may be trying to qualify for production as well. So he could shoot CO here, and then he could shoot uh, production. Production at, the, in, uh, at his home range. At, at the match that's in Arizona. And then he could he could qualify for for both and just pick what he what he wanted to do. So he might be doing that. We'll see. Um, mm. Yeah, if, that's crazy. Is it strictly based on points, or if you win one of the qualifying matches, are you qualified? No, no, no. It's strictly I, I mean, based you on just points. get a hundred points. Yep. Oh, okay. So what? So I don't, know, I don't know how the points you works. would you would be behind somebody who went ninety five, ninety five, ninety five. Is ninety five second place? Whatever. No, your, no, no, no. Your percentage of finish. Oh, so you okay. were you were ninety one percent at nationals or whatever. Then you have 91.34 points, whatever it was. Okay. Uh, And they take your three best totals of the four matches. Interesting. So closest to 300, essentially. Yep. Right. Okay. Hmm. Well, is is Elias... It's pretty rare for an Ipsic Nationals to have that many people, honestly, contesting... Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The I mean, optics like, inheritor. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it hasn't been this way since 2019 because it hasn't been a qualifying match since 2019. So, mm-hmm. so Ipsig Nationals hasn't had hasn't had anything. Right. Yeah. No reason to go. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, unless you just want to snag an Ipsig National title. Well, and knowing that range. It's gonna be. Um, it's not gonna be a super ipsicky match. That's really? that's kind of the you know. <coughs> and and the MDs, and that's not a, 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 that's not a, a rip on them. I just know they've they've got a lot of short bays, and there's a flavor they really like that's really dynamic and moving. Lots of moving on open targets. So unless mm-hmm. there's a really dramatic change in stage design philosophy, I would expect a lot of not a lot of depth and, and a lot of moving on opens. I yeah, feel like the anti-USPSA nationals. 
which is which is good. I, I hope so. Right. Um, you know, Ipsig, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical Ipsig matches don't use a lot of partials. Like that's just like there's no rule about it. They just don't use the partial targets the way that that Jake likes to use partial targets um, <laughs> to make the shooting hard, Jeremy. Right to make it shooting. You hard. know it's hard because you get a lot of penalties. That means it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, I am still practicing partials in my practice, uh, but I have fewer. It's mostly open targets at, at varying distances, and then I'll put in, I'll put in one, like one partial, just to make sure that I'm still mm. used to shooting those. But that's what I'm shooting today is three open hip six, and then six pieces of steel. And trying to use hit factor to look at how I was shooting. Mm. So I think that's a good way to do paying it. Paying attention to the Charlies. Yeah. Did, a good way to, I did something uh I did something really interesting in practice the other day. Unintentionally interesting. Um I set up a a target. It wasn't it wasn't supposed to be a stack target. I just I had an old target on my target sticks and I put a new target over the top of it. Right. But I still had the and it was shifted up. So it would have been like stacked, but the old one was low and behind it. So I had a, a full open target on top. Mm-hmm. And that's that was what I was going to shoot at. Like I was just going to disregard the lower one. Anyway, mm-hmm. I shot like everything that was on my belt, just kind of subconsciously just got up there, shot the targets. And when I got, when I got up to that target, I shot it like it was a stacked target. Just because that extra brown was below it, I shot like the top quarter per- portion of that target without thinking about it. It's oh, really you, you just shifted your point of aim up on the upper full open. Yeah, the, it was a full open and I shot like the top six inches of the target. As if it was a stack. Really, yeah, you as if it was a stack. there was a no shoot in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I imagined that it was a stack and I was just shooting the top one. And I got up there and I was looking at it and I was like, what the hell? Like that whole freaking 40 rounds that I just shot, I never thought that this is an open target and I can aim at the middle of it. It was just a really weird, really weird moment. Anyway, yeah. You're uh, a strange, strange and weird person, Jeff. Uh, we've been hacked again. I don't know what's going on here, but we've been hacked. He shared the link once, and he's never changed the link. So anyone who has the link can access it in perpetuity. I don't even open no, his link. But, I just have it saved but, in this browser. But that's the thing, okay? For everyone else, I have to approve you. Like, you sit in the lobby until I hit approve, right? Even Like, Jeremy, Potato, but not freaking Fartmaster. He just pops right in. I don't know, I was dude. Curious how you were going to address his name, and you addressed it by reading it. <laughs> yes. Very I don't know. Killing me, Billy. Anyway, uh, uh, but we yeah. should give a shout out to uh, Shooters Connection. Thank you for sponsoring this show, uh, as they've sponsored all of our shows here recently. Um, they carry all the gear you need for shooting. Uh, they sponsor tons of matches every year. Uh, there's a link in our description. Please use that. That helps them find value in in sponsoring us. So that certainly helps us a lot. 
I ordered, I needed a 38 Super Commander Barrel last week, and they had it in stock. So I was actually able to get one for, for work. Uh, wait, wait, 838 Super Commander Barrel? Yep. Um, which narco organization does your customer work for? <laughs> no, this is just a, this is just a, just a, just a customer. Um, but, and do you have to fill out the re-exportation paperwork? No, I don't do that. Or are they going to keep it stateside? I, I just, I assume it's staying stateside. 38 Super Commander, do you make a lot of those? Uh, well, I've got this one and actually two more builds in front of this. I've got another one, that, another person that wants one. So, Never uh, mind, man. The world is a more interesting place than, than I imagine. Yeah, that command, the... <laughs> I've got a bunch of command, like, I don't know, it comes in flavors. I've got a bunch of commanders lined up right now that people want. A lot of people think that they can, that commander is much easier to carry than a government. And so from weight wise, yeah, it's, it's lighter because, because you chop off three quarters of the front of the slide, but otherwise it's no easier to carry. Um, is it two and a half ounces? I don't ounces? even know. I don't even know what the weight is. I hadn't measured it, but, but the 38 super is a really cool round. Like it's just oh, it's a, an awesome wish, round. It's a classic round. Yeah. I wish it survived. I wish we got to shoot yeah. that instead of nine. Yeah. So much more flexibility. It's it's fantastic. I wish it was more popular, but but yeah, it's a it's a great round. So I'm I'm happy to build them. They're they're fun to build. They're we've we've got guys who still shoot them in steel challenge, not super yeah. comp like thirty eight supers that they've had for a while. Yep, I always try to get people to build super comps, but people that are just buying ammo, I get still easier probably to find super than it is super comp. Uh, question is, when do my books open again? Uh, actually, probably not. Um, my books are probably not going to open because I Whoa. am. I am. Uh, I'm probably just simply from the standpoint that I'm not going to be taking commission builds in the future or very, very, very few commission builds. I'm going to move to where I'm just going to build guns and I'm going, to, I'm going to build the guns I want to build and build guns that I like. And I'll offer those for sale and people can buy those if they, if they like it. Um, so you, that's like when you hit peak tattoo artist, right? Where like, they no longer like, you don't go in there and be like, Oh, I want a symbol for long life on my back. You go in there and you're like, here, here is my, uh, yeah, here is this blank slate. Do with yes. it what you will. That's yeah. awesome. Woo! Yeah. Love uh, it. Mostly because, like, I, well, I just don't like working for people. And people, have, <laughs> and people have some really goofy ideas. And they get they get really mad whenever I say, hey, I don't offer this thing. And they get really mad. Well, I'm paying you a lot of money. Why don't you, you should offer that? It's like, well. No, I don't offer it. Like you go to a steakhouse and say, I want sushi when they don't have sushi on the menu. It's like, well, this is a really expensive meal. You should have sushi for me. Well, I don't offer it. People just get really mad at that. And so I'm at a point now that I think I know what works well in a gun. I think I can stand on my experience as a shooter and my experience as a builder to know what's going to work really well, what's going to function well, and what's going to look good. And so... I think that's going to be, I'll produce a better product in the end from that standpoint. And just, it's going to be more enjoyable. The other thing that I'm hoping, is the, uh, I don't know who Scrubs is, 
in our in our chat. I'm not sure which one of the, the same. That is. That's the that's Billy McScrubboard. That's is previously it? he had a different name a moment ago. Oh, I figured it would have changed his name up above it. But um, what I also am hoping that I can that I can do with that is I'm going to be building on uh, some. I'm just going to be buying frames and slides, and I'm hope, hoping to offer something that's more of a closer to production grade, but all but still really well built. Uh, that isn't the, the perfection is not there, but it's it's more si- production grade as a single person can be production, um, but just really simple stuff that people can that I can build some single stack guns and limited guns. Uh, that are more affordable than my other, other work. I don't know what, mm-hmm. I don't know how, I'm not sure how quickly I can get those built as far as what that price point is going to look like, but the goal would be to get into a competitive pricing range. Is uh, it, uh, like is it going to be you can difficult on whatever for you? Table you want? You just say it's a coding. Right. Right. <laughs> Is it is it gonna yeah is it gonna be difficult for you to like take like a step back from like perfection like the amount of time that you spend to make lines perfect and everything? Oh, for sure. So I, I've done this in the past. I've offered uh, match grade builds, what I called match grade, and so yeah, that was I basically when I built myself uh, a a match gun like. Um, for myself i just build it functional like i don't i don't need it to be pretty for myself really so i would just build it functional and so i was like well i think other people would like this for a cheaper price i was doing those for like 45 to 5000 4500 to 5000 very very limited options but you can get i'll do a match grade build what i found myself doing is that at the end of whenever i was offering that uh those people that were buying that were getting a great deal because every like <laughs> like everything just kept getting a little bit nicer a little you bit just nicer, couldn't little you nicer. just couldn't leave it alone it's i am perfect this radius i just have to <laughs> right um so yeah so there, there's always that that challenge if that is is not making stuff perfect um but i think if i i think i can if i'm telling myself hey this is a match grade and i'm and i'm marketing it like hey this isn't gonna be it's going to be an accurate gun, but it's not going to be as accurate as I can possibly build a gun, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to machine the hood to fit rather than I'm not going to lap everything in, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. try to make it perfect. I'm going to put a, it's going to have a one thou gap, right? Like, so it's, it's going to be functional. It's going to be a premium barrel, like a premium aftermarket barrel. Everything's going to be timed right. And the, the fit is going to be good, but it's not fit as tight as I can possibly get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's kind of that's kind of the the aim of it is that I can hopefully kind of take out some time in <laughs> in some things like that and and get it going, crank some of those out quickly. My goal yeah. is to do that will be to do those kind of at the beginning of every year, if I can build six to eight guns like that, and then the second half of the year I can spend building nice guns. That'd be pretty cool, man. Uh, I'll take two. Okay. Yeah. If Maybe just four. Nine, I will also take two. <laughs> okay. I'd like one in nine and one in 45. Oh, in 45. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I, I can do that. Jeff's got I mean, all the Discord money. It should be easier, money. right? Yeah. Yeah. So can that's gonna be. The... My, can you build mine on a Tysis frame? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought you wanted production grade. Uh, I don't want that kind of production grade. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna yeah. I've got I've got a I've got a Turkish uh, 2011 coming this week. Oh good, good. That should be great. <laughs> I've got an MPA to compare it with. Uh, potato are we are we still going head to head at western states is that what we're doing i'm waiting for them to post that when the match is okay all right and I are need you to, going potato i was going to go and shoot single stack and if i came within 12 percent of jeff he's got to shoot a major in limited optics i think we said interesting i think we said eight percent twelve percent i'm pretty sure it was eight percent it's 12 we can go back and check but it's 12 I I believe I believe Potato's memory over yours, Jeff. Well, you're both I mean, wrong. I have also highly interested memory, and so my brain would make things up that are convenient for me. So I'll, 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 I'll put no, that it, out there. But it started. It's, that. Yeah, I need to make my gun work. So that would be step one, because the last yeah. time I used it, mm-hmm. um, racking a, a round out every stage got old when they were all eight round positions. I can bring you a forty-five if you want. That works. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Colt Railgun 45 that I built, and I've only put like 10,000 rounds through it because I then switched to 40 for my single stack guns, and so it's yeah I don't have it doesn't have a whole lot of rounds on it. If you want to bring that as my backup, uh, you would be my hero. I don't know if your holster will if it'll you need a holster that fits a railgun. Railgun, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'll just bring him a a holster. I can bring a holster too. 12%, 12%, Jeff. That would be a lot <laughs> yeah, so, for me to get. So for people that don't know, we, me and Potato actually have a bet going now um, or a wager. And it's if he can finish within 8% of, 12%. of me at Western Let's States. Let's just compromise at 10. It was 12. 10 originally. And then I said 8. Um. That if he can come within a percentage that we decided on and we will dig up the archives on, um, that if he can do that, then I will show up to a level two to shoot limited optics with a limited optics gun, obviously. Are you going to like take your Walter and put a dot on it or what? Uh, undecided. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I'm planning... As of right now, I'm planning on winning the wager, so I don't have to do that. However, um, if I lose, then I have to do that. Um, if I win, right, like if he can't get within the percentage, then he has to show up at a match to shoot limited optics, but with a single stack set up for limited optics. So I'll put it in the dovetail mount. Yeah, and, exactly. First uh, fast fire, maybe. <laughs> uh, question: Is this is this based on the percentages based on the overalls? Uh, I think we had just said like, or is it yeah, just one, one to one? Yeah, 
Yeah, just percentage. So, you, so you're you're gonna pull your scores out of the match and just compare yours. No, to. no, no. So um, let's. Well, Jeff is assuming he's winning, which means I'd have to shoot eighty eight percent, which would be pretty good for me. Uh, so so Nils Nils will be shooting that match. So Jeff will be at eighty eight percent. So then I have to be seventy six. Okay. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. Mm. Which, hey, if you look at who finished in the upper 70s last year at Western State Single Sack Classic, that's not terrible. <laughs> You're pretty good. Yeah, I've never shot that match. I wasn't going to say good. any names. I saw there's a number of names there. Yep. The 80s were lonely. They There was nobody in 90%. And there's nobody in the 90s, right? I think yeah. 89% was second. Yeah. Uh, we got to get squatted with Nils. We need to make that happen. That's easy. Okay. We can do that. You make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, you got the connections here. And this this kind of goes into I, a question I, that we had come up. Go for it. Which was it was just actually asked by uh, our good friend Fitz. Why is Jeff so unapproachable at matches? Mm. And this was a a lunchtime conversation topic. I've had this realization um, through conversating with people that I'm now pretty friendly with that at one point they thought that I did not like them or appalled them or some way, like didn't want to be around them, right? Which is crazy to me. I don't feel like I treat anybody that way. Um, well, maybe a couple of people, but not them, not those people. Um, so it was kind of an aha moment. I was like, well, how am I, how is my like normal treating of people making them feel like I don't want to be around them or, or unapproachable? So it was just like a very look inside myself moment. And Jeff, so then that, we got this, into it. This moment of me seeing myself running. You are you're now experiencing yourself just just how you just treat people. You're, you're experiencing the same thing just in how you treat people. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, Fitz. I don't know why I'm so unapproachable at matches, and uh, I'm working on it. Jeremy's helping me. He's coaching me into being, you know, more personable. Yeah. Well, that's what frustrates Jeff so much is that people come up and talk to me. I don't get it. I don't. But they do, do think not you're Jeff. It. So there is that. Exactly. Well, okay. There is that. Okay. We're going to – if we need to talk about Joel again, then we can talk about that little – I don't want to say what I think of Joel at this point. But uh, – Oh, even people in the Discord. Person. Like people in the Discord were commenting about the last episode and you showing your feet. And I was the one showing my feet. I don't, they, I don't they, know about they that. They take positive associations and <laughs> they link them to one of you. And they take negative <laughs> associations and they link them to the other. Right. But anyone who's been listening carefully knows who the real villain here is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It comes out. Like, it doesn't come out. Like, you have to pay attention for Jeff. Uh, cause he's the one who's actually the, the meaner of the two of us. He's just quieter about it, mm. but people sense that quiet, mean ones. people sense that on the range. 
people sense it. Is that what it is? Oh yeah, yeah, they huh. sense it. I don't know, but if you're out there and you were thinking about saying hey, and then you, <laughs> you looked at me, you're like, oh damn, that dude is not approachable. Um, it's unintentional. It's unintentional. So, but your intuition is correct. <laughs> So you can you can still say hey what's up um I want to be approachable that's it's the heart that counts right the thought that counts so uh yeah I want to and I did just look it up I did agree to eight percent behind Jeff so I'm basically gonna have to sabotage him rake his Achilles with some cleats or <laughs> I don't know spike his mags with some dummy the good thing rounds. is you live in a place that has pretty mild winters so you'll be able to train <laughs> right. all through. December and January. So you'll be trained. Oh, up. yeah. That's, that is good. Huge positive. The, the number one thing holding me back in single stack is not keeping the gun full. And that's something I can fix in dry fire. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem hitting things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. I wish I could say the same thing. I can't <laughs> That's not even a little bit true. Is you choose to do something besides hit them. You just talked at the beginning of this episode about how you have a whole training methodology that now is hitting the things on demand. And then experimenting with how much aggression you can get away with. Which is well, predicated on a baseline of being able to hit the things. That baseline might be really slow, though. Talk about bullseye shooting. Uh, Potato, do you want to do you want to weigh in on why Jeff is so unapproachable? Like, do you have? I've never met the guy. Yeah, we'll find out at Ipsic. At Ipsic, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. I'll approach him and he'll look at me like I won't swear on your podcast. But who the fuck are you? Uh... We we do need to. I need to start like because Jeff doesn't go to matches unless I go, pretty much. Uh, and so I do need to like get a clicker. And so that anybody that comes and talks to us, like if we're together and somebody kind of like, who do they talk to first? Is it Jeff or me? Like who gets, who gets mm. addressed first? I need to, I should get a clicker to start, start tracking that. That'd be fascinating mm -hmm. to figure out. I can tell you. Well, I've got a whole squad of people like me, so I'll make sure they know who is who. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is, other than people think I'm not approachable is that people genuinely don't know who I am. Like it, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a pheromone I put out. That's like a memory erasing pheromone. Um, no, I don't know you if don't, it's like, it's, it's, you, you don't show your own performance relentlessly on social media. And I mean, that's not a, a rip on anyone who does. Cause I love consuming that stuff too. But the only, the only people we know are the people who the algorithm shows to us repeatedly. And if you don't but, put yourself into that grist mill, you don't really exist. And it doesn't matter what you win and who you beat. If you're not like showing up in people's feed regularly, you're not in their memory. I get that. But and I'm also like talking pick, like, like winners based on like who shows up in feeds most. Not yeah. hit factor power ranking. That's the whole point is to get past the feet. Anyway, carry on. But you this also is have a generic like, face, so you could be anybody. Is that it? Is it a generic face? Is that what it? If, if I, I feel said, like hey, I man, show me a white guy in Oklahoma. And I just said, you know, and I went to like one of those court courtroom artists. And I said, could yeah. you just draw 
generic white man, Oklahoma, 30s, ball cap. Can I somebody think, do yeah. that with AI? Can we, Can somebody, like, I don't know how to work the whole AI thing. Can somebody put that in AI? White, white dude in Oklahoma, balding with some facial hair. I didn't say it's, balding, I said ball cap. Ball cap. I'd say balding. Uh, no, because he's, he's always wears a ball cap, so. No, no but, but Jeff, e- even outside, yeah, outside the shooting sphere, right? Even outside the shooting sphere, um, like people don't remember me. Like I, I could spend a whole day with somebody, and then like a few months later, they're like, oh, "It's not just hey, you, man. It's, hey. it's there's there's people who I've squatted with twice at three day majors, and then like run into six months later." And I'm like, hey, so and so, and they're, yeah, you shot two after me for 21 stages. It was a whole thing. No, not nothing. Yeah, it's it's not just you. But but well, it is part Jeff because because of Jeff Jeff's nature is he's so quiet. Like like he's not like he'll talk to, he like he'll talk to you, but he's probably not going to initiate a conversation with you. And if he does, like it's not going to be. There's not going to be anything bombastic about it. Like Jeff's Jeff would much more rather listen to a conversation between two people than be in the middle of that conversation, giving opinions on things. Oh, hundred percent. So like, so, so Jeff is, Jeff is very interested in the conversations, but he's not going to, he doesn't, he's not going to be the center of that conversation. I think we need to chip in some of y'all's uh, hit factor money for a really, really striking facial tattoo. And that would do it. Prongs will go away. That would do it. I'm thinking on the left side, we'll do something classy tribal. Right. And then on the right side, we'll do something modern Japanese. What about just like, we could do something <laughs> with his nose. There's a lot of canvas there. And there is. you don't see a lot of nose tattoos. Honestly, <laughs> you know, you really don't, right. you, you don't like, so just like a word down, like the bridge of his nose or something like that. Uh, could I be could good. Like yeah, a one, like could, a one take like bumper stickers in the back of Jeeps and just sort of write them on the nose. Right. Like, yeah, if you can read this, flip me over or whatever. Right. If it could be uh, something, uh, you know, slenderizing, that would be nice. We've digressed a long ways. On this one. Uh, but good question, Fitz. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Solid. Solid question. Well, uh, I'm going to run an experiment and have as many people as possible approach Jeff. Ideally, when he's the on-deck shooter. That'd be great. Uh, I I mean, there were probably nationals this year was probably the most that we've been approached by people at a match. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was cool. Uh, and... Yeah, there is the whole effect of I've I've met other people. I've met you before at other matches, and you've shaken my hand and told me who you are at other matches, and then you're yeah. doing it again. And I feel really bad, so I should know that I know who you are, but I I don't um, sometimes. So again, yeah. maybe uh, maybe those people need facial tattoos. Maybe that would help. I met Jeff Cawthon at the 2023 Ironsight Nationals with a line through yeah. Ironsight. I would probably I, remember you. I am generally really good at remembering people's faces. I'm not awesome at names, but if I don't remember the name, I'll usually just say, hey, I remember you from this match. I remember talking to you about this thing. 
but I can't remember your name. Um, so I'm generally very good at remembering people. Now some people are going to chime in and be like, you son of a bitch. I talked to you. <laughs> this you said you remember everybody except me. What is it about right. me, Jeff? Huh? What does that mean? That's why you're so unapproachable. You're telling lies. That's exactly right. Big fat phony. Yeah. 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 All right. So, sum it up. Ipsic Nationals is third weekend, November, correct? Yep, we got a few weekends. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff and I have flights booked, so that's good. Yes. We know we can get there. And, and New Smyrna oh, yeah. Beach is such a nice place to stay, like versus where we normally have matches. There's so many good food options, and it's it's chill, and there's so many good you know Airbnbs, and yeah, yeah. that place is covered. Yeah, we have a nice we're place. actually treating it like a just a like we're flying in Friday, we fly out Sunday after the match is over. We're only there for two nights. We're there. It's a really quick trip for us. Um, but very, I'm yeah. actually, I'm actually more excited about Ipswich Nationals than I was uh, Anga Nationals, Ironside Nationals. Well, it'll really. be nine six three, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the ratio will be really cool. It, I, I just, I just like that style of shooting better. It fits me better. Um, what what you see at Ipswich, more I think. So, I'm very okay. much looking forward to it. The cha- I'm shooting minor, so there's going to be a hope, maybe a little bit of hopefully redemption from shooting minor area three, just in how sloppily yeah. I shot minor. So that would be well, interesting. The zone's I think... very small on the Ipsic target, so you're probably safe. True, true. <laughs> I think I might be like of them. one of the only people shooting major in classic at this match. I haven't looked. Yeah. It's I like assume everybody Eli- if Elias is sh- if Elias is shooting, he's probably shooting major. I haven't seen Elias's name on there, so unless he's just slipping in. Oh, I don't know. It's also going to yeah. be interesting shooting uh, uh, Saturday Sunday because my guess, at least for me, is I'll have video from a lot of people who shot Thursday Friday. Not that we'll read oh, too really? much into that, but if there's anything I'm curious about. On the, the flight yeah. down, take a look at it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't usually look at that too much. I don't like how, I don't like that kind of outside influence. <coughs> he doesn't like <coughs> help. Well, we also so I just like to know things. We have a really good squad too, so that's we have a lot of other influence in our squad. People we can talk to. Nice. So, but and then. If you want to join the Discord, we haven't said it in a while, but link, Patreon link will be in the description. You can join Tier 1, Tier 2, different uh, different things associated with each of those. Also, uh, Shooter's Connection link in the description. If you need to contact us, I suggest direct message, probably Facebook direct message, or email at thehitfactorpodcast at gmail.com. I do check. Not every single day, but fairly often. And also be on the watch out on the lookout for the video. It's coming out very soon. We have a couple things to review, a couple things to modify, maybe some context to add. Not really sure yet, but the bulk of it, the rough cut is done. I think you guys are really going to like it. Oh, it's awesome. I have, People are going to have I so have, much fun with this. Yeah, I 
I think it's a really great product. So I'm I'm very pleased with it and super excited about it. Um, and hopefully we can do more and uh, do some really cool matches. But So be on the lookout yeah. for that. We'll keep hyping it. And when we do release it, uh, I'm going to be sending it everywhere. So we really want to pump it up. I want to get a lot of a lot of uh, attention on it so that we can possibly get some traction and do some more projects. That would be the goal. Yeah, and the guys that the, if you do like if you want to help make these videos in the future, like join the Discord, uh, Patreon either level, mm-hmm. it, that's where that money's going to is to doing stuff like this in the future. So that's that helps if you want to help in that way. That helps do it. Yeah, and then the other angle of it will be if if you're an industry person or you know an industry person and you see the product and you see it and you want to be like a a title sponsor of the next project or or something like that then to hit us up uh to get involved in the next the next piece of the of the puzzle that we put together. So, I would think it would be really fun to do a series or something like that where we could do you know all nationals or we could do all the area matches or something like that something we could make a series for a year kind of deal i think would be really cool but we're gonna we're gonna need to pick up some some support and traction to make something like that happen so if you know somebody or if you're interested hit us up for sure and be on the if you run a match if you're an md4 match and you want uh, future uh, exposure for your match. Like this could be a really good way to do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an easy one. If like somebody running a match just wanted to put in the budget, Hey, we're going to pay these guys to come and, and document shooting our match. And then we'll release that to kind of promote our match as well. So that's also a possibility. So lots of stuff that could go on. If you have an idea, we'd love to talk to you about it. Hit us up for sure. Is that it? Are we ending it right there? You not gonna say bye or nothing? Uh, pinch this one off. That's it. That's it, and that's all, folks. God.